Section 45 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Ernest. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 977. When it was the nine hundred and seventy-seventh night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when his son said to Abd al-Rahman, Look at yonder pauper, he asked, O my son, who is this? And Kamar al-Zaman answered, This is Master Obeyed the jeweler, husband of the woman who is imprisoned with us. Quoth Abd al-Rahman, Is this he of whom thou toldest me? And quoth his son, Yes, and indeed I wot him right well. Now the manner of Obeid's coming thither was on this wise. When he had farewelled Kamar al-Zaman, he went to his shop, and thence going home, laid his hand on the door, whereupon it opened, and he entered, and found neither his wife nor the slave girl, but saw the house in sorriest plight, quoting in mute speech his saying, who said, The chambers were like a beehive well stocked. When their bees quitted it, they became empty. When he saw the house void, he turned right and left, and presently went round about the place like a madman, but came upon no one. Then he opened the door of his treasure closet, but found therein naught of his money nor his hoards, whereupon he recovered from the intoxication of fancy, and shook off his infatuation, and knew that it was his wife herself who had turned the tables upon him, and outwitted him with her wiles. He wept for that which had befallen him, but kept his affair secret, so none of his foes might exult over him, nor any of his friends be troubled, knowing that, if he disclosed his secret, it would bring him naught but dishonor and contumely talk from the folk. Wherefore he said in himself, O obeyed, hide that which hath betided thee of affliction and ruination. It behoveth thee to do in accordance with his saying, who said, If a man's breast with bane he hides be straitened, the breast that tells its hidden bale is straighter still. Then he locked up his house, and, making for his shop, gave it in charge of one of his apprentices, to whom said he, My friend the young merchant hath invited me to accompany him to Cairo, for solacing ourselves with the sight of the city, and sweareth that he will not march except he carry us with him, me and my wife. So, O my son, I make thee my steward in the shop, and if the king ask for me, say thou to him, he is gone with his harem to the holy house of Allah. Then he sold some of his effects, and bought camels and mules and mamelukes, together with a slave girl, and placing her in a litter, set out from Basra after ten days. His friends farewelled him, and none doubted but that he had taken his wife and gone on the pilgrimage, and the folk rejoiced in this, for that Allah had delivered them from being shut up in the mosques and houses every Friday. Quoth some of them, Allah grant he may never return to Basra, so we may no more be boxed up in the mosques and houses every Friday. For that this usage had caused the people of Basra exceeding vexation. Quoth another, Methinks he will not return from this journey by reason of the much praying of the people of Basra against him. And yet another, And he returned will not be but in reversed case. So the folk rejoiced with exceeding joy in the jeweler's departure, after they had been in mighty great chagrin, and even their cats and dogs were comforted. 
when friday came round however the crier proclaimed as usual that the people should repair to the mosques two hours before prayer time or else hide themselves in their houses together with their cats and dogs whereat their breasts were straightened and they assembled in general assembly and betaking themselves to the king's divan stood between his hands and said o king of the age the jeweller hath taken his harem and departed on the pilgrimage to the holy house of allah so the cause of our restraints hath ceased to be and why therefore are we now shut up quoth the king how came this traitor to depart without telling me but when he cometh back from his journey all will not be save well so go ye to your shops and sell and buy for this vexation is removed from you thus far concerning the king and the bassarites but as for the jeweller he fared on ten days journey and as he drew near baghdad there befell him that which had befallen kamar al-zaman before his entering bassorah for the arabs came out upon him and stripped him and took all he had and he escaped only by feigning himself dead as soon as they were gone he rose and fared on naked as he was till he came to a village where allah inclined to him the hearts of certain kindly folk who covered his shame with some old clothes and he asked his way begging from town to town till he reached the city of cairo the god-guarded there burning with hunger he went about alms-seeking in the market streets till one of the townsfolk said to him o oh, poor man off with thee to the house of the wedding festival and eat and drink for to-day there is open table for paupers and strangers quoth he i know not the way thither and quoth the other follow me and i will show it to thee he followed him till he brought him to the house of abd al-rahman and said to him this is the house of the wedding enter and fear not for there is no doorkeeper at the door of the festival accordingly he entered and kamar al-zaman knew him and told his sire who said o my son leave him at this present belike he is anhungered so let him eat his sufficiency and recover himself and after we will send for him so they waited till obeyed had eaten his fill and washed his hands and drunk coffee and sherbets of sugar flavored with musk and ambergris and was about to go out when abd al-rahman sent after him a page who said to him come o stranger and speak with the merchant abd al-rahman who is he asked obeyed and the man answered he is the master of the feast thereupon the jeweller turned back thinking that he meant to give him a gift and coming up to abd al-rahman saw his friend kamar al-zaman and went nigh to lose his senses for shame before him but kamar al-zaman rose to him and embracing him saluted him with the salam and they both wept with sore weeping then he seated him by his side and abd al-rahman said to his son o destitute of good taste this is no way to receive friends send him first to the hammam and dispatch after him a suit of clothes of the choicest worth a thousand dinars accordingly they carried him to the bath where they washed his body and clad him in a costly suit and he became as he were consul of the merchants meanwhile the bystanders questioned kamar al-zaman of him saying who is this and whence knowest thou him quoth he this is my friend who lodged me in his house and to whom i am indebted for favours without number for that he entreated me with exceeding kindness he is a man of competence and condition and by trade a jeweller in which craft he hath no equal the king of bassorah loveth him dearly and holdeth him in high honour and his word is law with him and he went on to enlarge before them on his praises saying verily he did with me thus and thus and i have shame of him and know not how to requite him his generous dealing with me 
nor did he leave to extol him till his worth was magnified to the bystanders and he became venerable in their eyes so they said we will all do to him his due and honor him for thy sake but we would fain know the reason why he hath departed his native land and the cause of his coming hither and what allah hath done with him that he is reduced to this plight replied kamar al-zaman o folk marvel not for a son of adam is still subject to fate and fortune and what while he abideth in this world he is not safe from calamities indeed he spake truly who said these couplets the world tears man to shreds so be thou not of those whom lure of rank and title draws nay whereof slips and turn from sin aside and ken that bane and bale are worldly laws how oft high fortune falls by least mishap and all things bear in bread of change a cause know that i entered bassorah in yet iller case and worse distress than this man for that he entered cairo with his shame hidden by rags but i indeed came into his town with my nakedness uncovered one hand behind and another before and none availed me but allah and this dear man now the reason of this was that the arabs stripped me and took my camels and mules and loads and slaughtered my pages and serving men but i lay down among the slain and they thought that i was dead so they went away and left me then i arose and walked on mother naked till i came to bassora where this man met me and clothed me and lodged me in his house he also furnished me with money and all i have brought back with me i owe to none save to allah's goodness and his goodness when i departed he gave me great store of wealth and i returned to the city of my birth with a heart at ease i left him in competence and condition and haply there hath befallen him some bale of the banes of time that hath forced him to quit his kinsfolk and country and there happened to him by the way the like of what happened to me there is nothing strange in this but now it behoveth me to requite him his noble dealing with me and do according to the saying of him who saith o who praisest time with the fairest appraise knowest thou what time hath made and unmade what thou dost at least be it kindly done for with pay he pays shall man be repaid as they were talking and telling the tale behold up came obeyed as he were counsel of the merchants whereupon they all rose to salute him and seated him in the place of honour then said kamar al-zaman to him o my friend verily thy day is blessed and fortunate there is no need to relate to me a thing that befell me before thee if the arabs have stripped thee and robbed thee of thy wealth verily our money is the ransom of our bodies so let not thy soul be troubled for i entered thy city naked and thou clothedest me and entreatedest me generously and i owe thee many a kindness but i will requite thee and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say end of night nine hundred and seventy seven recording by mark ernest